If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-U.S. wines, I find them extremely helpful and helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials. And go in the air, deep right center field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, watch it go. Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. Drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by The Green Solution. You can visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or go online to mygreensolution.com. As long as you use that promo code DNVR20, you'll get 20% off your entire purchase. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. And on today's episode... <sighs> <laughs> we have got to talk about this 50-50. We we have to do the Nolan Arenado thing. Look, I, I as all of you know, I don't like this conversation. I would prefer it just go away. I don't like feeding the beast for the particular reason. I sent this out on Twitter the other day, and I want to repeat it here. I do not like the notion of manipulating Rockies fans to get your emotions riled up over something that I still very much do not think is going to happen. I think it's very unlikely. There are a lot of things that seem new that aren't necessarily, but I'm going to discuss them. But I also want to get into some of the nitty-gritty, the details about how these things happen and some of the mechanics of it that I think are uh, often overlooked. And I actually want to start there, which might seem like a weird place to do. But the headline that everyone's thinking of right now, and, and I've, I've gone for a while without saying his name, but of course the reporter that almost all of this is coming from is MLB Network's John Morrissey. 
And well, and he reports. I, I think he also does for for Fox. I see him on MLB Network all the time. And the most recent headline that came out that, and here's what the headline originally was: Sources have told him that the chances Nolan Arenado gets traded are 50-50. Okay, let's break that down. First of all. I don't know who John Morrissey's source is, and I want to be very clear right now that I am not in any way suggesting that I have inside information that uh, directly conflicts with something that Morrissey has been told and that I have better sources. None of this is not what's going on here, okay? But what I do want to tell you right now, up front, right away, I do know with 100% certainty who his source is not. And that's Jeff Breidich. Jeff Breidich is the only person who knows what the likelihood is that Nolan Arenado gets traded. So whoever John Morrissey's source is, even if it is the absolute best, most credible, most inside the Rockies front office person, they are kind of, at best, they're taking a guess. They're taking a hunch. They are assessing Jeff Breidich's motivations here, and then they're telling John Morrissey what they think about that. So we've already started a small game of telephone. Now, this is, of course, always how this goes, and this is why sometimes media reports often vary drastically from, you know, real life. And it is interesting to me that we're living in an age where there's heightened focus on media but unfortunately, so many people are upset right now. Rockies fans are reasonably upset, but those reasonable frustrations are being taken advantage of. And not necessarily on purpose, but because the Rockies don't come out and make statements, and, and there is an element to which that is on them, uh, th then reporters are going to continue to put stuff out there because it's not going to get contradicted. And they also don't like that. But, and there are some of this I need to be very careful about, but there are plenty of instances in the history of baseball, is this, am I getting generic enough for everybody here? There are times that a reporter might talk to an agent during a time, am I being generic enough, when multiple high-level players, or, or rather players of the same type of value, whether they be high, mid to high, medium level, low level players, agents of players in that range, when there are more than one of them available, will drum up as much as they can in the media because it helps them to manipulate the market for their client. And there are certain media members who are more okay going along with that game than others. And put that aside, please. Now, okay, 
let's jump into some of these questions here. I'll, I'll get back into all of that, but I do want it to be understood. The, the mechanics of this, even if you take it at its most meritorious value, if you assume the absolute best case, which is that John Morrissey has done extraordinary due diligence, that he has more than one source, that he has more than one source inside of multiple front offices, and that he's not just talking to agents of individuals, and that these sources are well enough informed that they themselves can reach a reasonable understanding of what they think Jeff Breidich is going to do. Whether or not that they even do or not. So just keep that in mind. And then a lot of this become a game of telephone. Like I saw, so the original headline is right. Sources tell one reporter that there's a 50-50 chance X happens. And then three or four headlines later, it was, hey, there's a 50-50 chance X happens. Like those two things are not the same thing. One person's opinion, no matter how well informed it may be, and explaining that to another person who may have their own amount of information or agenda or whatever, <coughs> that is not the same as saying, oh, yeah, this is the case. It's, and, and one further thing about the 50-50 thing, and then I'll get into the questions. I apologize. You guys have got some good stuff here. Um, but that is such a cop-out. I'm sorry. And even if that, look, if that's exactly what the, again, and I understand this happens. Let me defend Morrissey for a moment here, too. Let me defend this part of it. Uh, anonymous sources are important. They are integral to what we do. They are necessary to protect. And I don't doubt that his are legitimate. However, 50-50 is extraordinarily convenient, whether it's for the source or for the reporter. That's Come on, dude, you're, yes, things are binary. You're telling me there's a chance it could happen, but there's also a chance it could not happen. And the problem is it puts the people like me in this weird ass position where I have to go so strong because I think 90% of what's happening here to get back into some percentages here is nonsense. But I do think there's a 10% legitimacy to it. I don't think there's zero chance the Rockies trade Nolan Arenado. And I don't think there's zero chance that it could make some sense for them to do so. I don't want to be forced into that extreme of a position. And it really doesn't have anything to do with a feeling about Nolan Arenado's like, legend or any of this other stuff. It has much more to do with whether or not it just makes sense for the Rockies to do it right now, you guys have heard me make that argument before. If you haven't listened to other, the other podcasts, I, I, I've made that argument. You can go back and hear that one. But for this part of it, I just think it's really important to understand that there's a lot that isn't known here. And there is, when you come out and say something is 50-50, it's just the most hedging of your bets you could possibly like i could put that in everything you all i could literally come out and say hey there's a 50 50 chance wade davis is awesome next year and that i mean could be kind of true 50 50 chance the rockies get into the postseason there's a because anything that's binary can be sold that way it's one of my favorite lines in the west wing you guys know i'm an aaron sorkin fan and one character is asked by another at one point how pregnant is your wife and he says from 
how I understand pregnancy, it's pretty binary. You either are or you are not, right? No one are not a will or will not be traded, but some people are fine drumming up emotions for free clicks in the meantime. I, I, okay, let's get into the questions. Uh, Cade wants to know uh, opinions on what Spielberg said about grabbing Mancata, Luis, and then signing Donaldson. Yeah, I listened to the Spielberg segment. I thought it was interesting. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> riled up here. Again, I don't think that there's zero way in which it would make sense to trade Nolan. I do think that you risk a lot if you're going to go with say signing Donaldson to a four-year deal. Like I get the idea of you trade Nolan, you get a slew of good prospects to help you rebuild your farm system. You get out from underneath that money and then you immediately turn around and you spend that money on a replacement for Nolan Arnott, who's not as good, but who's still pretty good. And if Josh Donaldson came to Colorado and played four years at a decent level, you would you could win a trade like that. You absolutely could. One, I don't think the Braves are going to, do that and 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 it really i think it all really falls down most of these things actually just fall down when you take it to step two and three and you go okay so who are those pitching prospects oh they don't have them or oh they only have the best pitching prospect in baseball and they're not going to part with him and so the whole thing kind of falls apart but for from the rockies point of view you sign josh donaldson to a four-year deal and he stops playing good because he's 35 now or 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 whatever it is, and you've replaced Nolan with this guy, and you've paid him a lot of money to do it, when paying big monies to free agents has never worked out well for the organization, and then you've traded for a bunch of minor leaguers who you have to tell fans, wait a couple of years for these guys to show up, and then you got to start making other moves too. You might as well trade Charlie Blackman and Trevor Story at that point, so that just, it starts a whole slew of dominoes. Again, could it make some sense? Sure. Uh, should they truly entertain that? In my mind, probably not. But I don't think either team uh, would really be able to make that work. Uh, well, and, okay, so another thing. C. Jamison brings up the no-trade clause, and particularly the Rangers. And I know the White Sox were floated there for a minute. This is another thing where this is this is projection. This is fans and journalists can convince themselves that a thing makes sense to them. And so clearly it might make sense to Nolan Arenado. Nolan Arenado's not going to the Texas Rangers. He's not going to the Chicago White Sox. I know the White Sox are getting better, but you can't sit here and go, the Colorado Rockies have no, you know, history of winning. They don't really have a winning culture in Denver. You know where you should go. You know where you should go. Chicago White Sox. <laughs> what, have I been asleep for a decade? <clears throat> San Diego Padres. That's where you should play. They have a worse record and have been to the postseason fewer times than the Rockies in the last decade. The Rangers had a couple of years there where they made it happen, and they're saying, no, 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 Arenado's not waving his trade, uh, no trade clause to go to sh the Chicago White Sox. Or the Texas Rangers. I'd honestly be a little bit surprised if he did it to go to Atlanta. It's not just so I've seen this. They'll, they'll write like these articles have a oh, there's like a form to them. <laughs> and and so one of the things that they'll say is, you know, well, no one Arenado wants to go somewhere where the team is winning, right? Which is true. 
Like he wants to be a part of a winning organization. I go, well, the Braves are winning right now. The Braves have been winning recently. So he'd sign up for that. As though that's literally the only thing he cares about is who's winning and who's winning right now and not, you know, how's their farm system? And hey, if they trade their whole farm system for me, how is that team going to be set up for years in the future? And do I even like living there? And what is the situation? And what would my legacy be in Atlanta? Do I want my family to live there? Would I leave them here? There are so many other elements to that. Would I like the rest of those teammates? Do I have a history with those guys? Do I know those guys? Uh, do I like the manager? Do I like the hitting coach? Um, th there are so many other factors that go into it. And a lot of times guys just have certain places that they would or would not like to live or play. And I, I've never gotten the indication that Atlanta is something that would be interesting to Nolan Arenado. I could be completely wrong about that, but I don't think it's as simple as saying, well, they're probably going to be more competitive than the Rockies, so he'd rather play there. I don't think that that's necessarily the case. I think Tampa Bay is more likely to be competitive than the Rockies over the next several years, and I don't think Nolan Arenado wants to play there either. You know, so. <laughs> Jake says, think of all the party decks they could buy with Nolan's salary, though. That's pretty funny. So, yeah, I, I agree. The only teams that Nolan waves the no trade for are the Dodgers, the Yankees, maybe the Red Sox. At this point, like there was a time when maybe the Giants, but not now. That, that organization is in as much a shambles, much more shambles than the Colorado Rockies are. So I apologize, everyone. I've been trying to get over this cold that I had on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. So yeah, <coughs> a few more of those. I'm trying to, to keep it away from everybody. Um, KC mentions, I don't know why people freak out about uh, so much about the trade talks. Nolan trade talks. It happens every offseason. I'm sure most teams' phones are blowing up about some guys. Uh, maybe even Trout, for example. Yeah, and I mean, th that does happen. The, the, you're right. It's just what there is to talk about. I think this has gotten especially, you know, emotional in a lot of ways. And I'll, I'll include myself in that. Uh, because of the season the Rockies are just coming off of, and because I think there's been so much local fanning of this, flame. I think there's been a lot of stuff written and talked about locally that is really trying to sell the fans on the notion that your team is just garbage. They're just terrible. They got lucky the only times they were good. Not just these last two years, not just 17 and 18. Right? All of it is luck. All of the good stuff is one of two things. It's either luck or coors. And it's very important to some people that this be the case. Right? 2007, of course that was all, they called that a fluke. Of course they did. 09, of course they did, considering the way the season started and the way that it ended. Every good thing, Larry Walker's entire career, Todd Helton, individual seasons, Charlie Blackman having the best leadoff season in the history of Major League Baseball. It's all either luck or Coors Field. All of those things together. And it's important that that be true because they're 
just mad, and I understand why they're mad. But again, this is what's because they're taking there's a there's a legitimate anger and justification that's being turned into an emotional thing that's making it difficult to have an objective conversation about the team. So everyone's so mad at the GM and the owner. And while there's plenty of justification to be mad at the team and the owner, that doesn't mean that they're literally going to do every stupid thing that could be conceived. And here's why I'm talking about it today and not just ignoring it, because I keep seeing different variations of this on Twitter. If the Rockies trade Nolan Arenado, that's it. I'm done. I'm done being a fan. I'm not renewing my season tickets. If that's it for me. And there are people who are perfectly okay with you feeling that way, knowing that this is still very unlikely to happen. And on the behalf of those people who are, cons- who are questioning their own fandom of their baseball team over something that's not going to happen, yeah, I'm a bit steamed. For Rockies fans, Nolan might get traded. Look, again, I'm going to say it a couple of times out loud because I, I did just say it's not going to happen. It's probably not going to happen. It's incredibly unlikely. And if it does, even that's not the end of the world for the Rockies. We should all, if it were to happen, take a look at whatever the deal might be. But I've seen another couple of things, like people, you're already thinking, it's like, they do this because they're just trying to save money, and it's like, now we're accusing the Rockies of motivations for a thing that, like, other teams are calling them. And so this is why it sounds like I'm always defending the Rockies. It's like, no, 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 no. But someone needs to think about things from their perspective. Not everything should be from the perspective of fans in L.A. and New York and Boston and Chicago. There are 24 cities that have Major League Baseball teams and fewer states because there are five of them in California. We're lucky to have one, and I'm sick and tired of them telling us that it doesn't count. Larry Walker's going to miss the Hall of Fame by seven votes. Here's my new theory. I'm on a rant. I'm sorry. He's going to miss by seven votes. The five people that voted for just Derek Jeter, two of them voted for one other player, and two Colorado reporters that won't vote for him. And he's not going to go into the Hall of Fame. Probably the third best player of an era probably the 10th best right fielder of all time. Why? Because they think your baseball team is a joke. I'm going to slow down for a minute. I'm going to remind everybody about friends of ours, because we have friends too. And our friends over at Mile High Green Cross have won some awards the Cannabis Cup winning products that you can find when you head over to their website right now. Just mention this ad. 
you will get $5 off your purchase of $25 or more if you are part of the DNVR family. They've got a variety of CBD products from edibles and concentrates to cartridges. They pride themselves on their customer service and it shows. Every single time you pop in, you will receive one-on-one -on -one attention with one of their seasoned sales associates. Not to mention, they have everyday low prices on in-house products such as $99 pre-pack ounces and V3 hash oil bulk deals. Five cartridges for $100. Mile High Green Cross offers out-the-door pricing. What they advertise is what you pay. No cash, no problem. Mile High Green Cross now accepts hyper. What's even better is the amount of time you spend in the dispensary. On average, it's only nine minutes, nine minutes from the time you walk in to the time you walk out. They're informative and speedy. Head downtown today and check out Mile High Green Cross, conveniently located on 9th and Broadway. They also offer parking in the back. Remember, mention this ad and receive $5 off your purchase of $25 or more. Okay. I have taken a deep breath. I will continue to answer some of these questions now, though I see a couple of people are <laughs> John says, I've never seen your eyes so big. Will says, did Riley Pint fall off of the face of the earth? And then my brother's going to try to get me riled up uh, about the minor leagues. Um, <laughs> excuse me, everyone. I, I hope that my... um. Cough is not ruining this situation today. Will, uh, Riley Pint did not fall off the face of the earth. He just can't get the, hit the catcher with the baseball. Uh, that's been, that has been problematic for him. Uh, the command is just terrible. He's, he's the, got a couple of shoulder injuries. He hasn't been able to get it going. They tried to stick him in the bullpen last year. That didn't really seem to help at all. I have not lost faith in the young man. He still hits 101 miles an hour on the gun, if you're wondering about that, like no questions there, he still got the heat, um, but it, it's not gonna matter unless he can start throwing it in a direction resembling one that he intended it to go. Uh, but but I, I still think there could be a, a decent future for him. And I actually think that if the Rockies, you know, really try to focus him a little bit and leave him out there in the bullpen, uh, he could finally figure it out next year. But I could, I mean, it's a, it's going to be a make or break here in the minors. If he's healthy and he really can't find it, uh, I think you're starting to look at Pint as just, you know, one of those, one of those potential arms that never turned into a thing. So my brother, uh, home, home from vacation uh, out there, in the Isle of Ireland, no, that's not quite right. Um, if the minor leagues really go away, it seems to me teams that rely on farm systems are disproportionately affected. Does that seem likely to you? Uh, first of all, no. There, I mean, uh, that whole thing I, I think was largely a uh, threat based on uh, you know trying to. Uh, gain leverage and do all the businessy things that you do. Um, and I do think that one way or another, even though I don't like it, the buck will be passed probably to independent leagues. There will be ball players out there getting trained and and figuring out ways to develop their game. Uh, but the but Major League Baseball won't have to pay for it, and they'll be able to pinch some pennies. And it's not going to save much. And I do think it's going to hurt. Certain I do think it's going to disproportionately affect certain teams, and I do think the Rockies are one of them. In fact, I think the Rockies are very likely to be disproportionately impacted by whatever comes out of this minor league situation because 
it, one of the things they've talked most about is trying to get rid of the really bad travel days. And that means putting most of the teams on the coast, which means no training in altitude. It also means a lot longer travel for guys if they want to go back and forth from the lower level or from, from AAA to the major league team. And so, yeah, I, I do think that a lot of teams that have their minor league or minor league associations more uh, disproportionately located in the Midwest are likely to be uh, disproportionately affected. And, and as you mentioned, teams that have to draft and develop players who can't afford just to sign the big free agents and make the big trades. So, of course, that includes the Rockies as well. Uh, Casey says, but at least the White Sox are making moves. The Rocks sit idle. Hey, look, I've talked about this a lot of times before. I, I'm, I've never quite understood why there is this distinction. Um, I guess it's less boring. Maybe as Americans, what we hate more than anything isn't being bad, isn't being terrible, isn't being mediocre. It's, or it is being mediocre. It's being boring. That's what we really hate. Right, we 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 don't want to be the team that's just in the middle of the pack. Like when I talk to people, Jeff Breidich is the worst GM in baseball. It's like he's not the worst GM in the National League West. He's maybe not even the second worst GM in the National League West. The Padres and Giants have done some really strange things that have been really bad and blown up way more than anything Jeff Breidich has done. They've also won fewer games since he took over and been to the postseason less since he took like all these things. Like so, okay, but. It, you know, yes, the, the White Sox are making moves. We'll see if they pan out. You know, teams make moves. You know, Phillies made a ton of moves last year. Finished in fourth place. They added four All-Stars to their roster. I don't necessarily think that, quote-unquote, trying, and that's, that's the word I hear a lot. The Rockies aren't even trying. I fundamentally do not believe that making moves equates to trying and not making moves equates to not trying. There are lots and lots of things you can do to try to make your team better and trades and free agents are not the only ones they're the main ones you can do in the off season that's for sure but um no i mean shuffling decks on the titanic uh, shuffling the chairs on the titanic as it were you know that's not no, no, I'm not saying that's necessarily what the White Sox are, are doing. I actually think that the White Sox have made some good, smart moves, and they're going to be better next season. Uh, and I think there was a time when the Rockies did that too. I, I think most of the teams that sit in the mid to lower level of teams in terms of how much money they make tend to have one or two times a decade where you can have an off season like that. And the Rockies kind of did already, and they blew it, that's for sure, in terms of getting production out of those guys, uh, with the possibility, a couple exceptions here and there. You know, I, I do still think that uh, the ultimate legacy of the Wade Davis story in Colorado is yet to be told. But this, you know, it's it's not easy, man. It, 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 and... And again, I'm not trying to like make, I don't see it as defending the front office or defending the Rockies. That's not my job, but it is my job to see things from their point of view, especially in a world where so many people absolutely fundamentally refuse to. 
I will not consider the Rockies' point of view, and I will not consider Rockies' fans' point of view. <clears throat> if I have to balance that out just a little bit in the other direction, so be it. In my mind, and I've said this before this offseason on the podcast, it doesn't make sense for the Rockies to big, be big players in free agency. Why continue to play a game that's rigged against you? If we continue to try to play like the Dodgers in here, we are going to lose to the Dodgers out there. The Rockies have to play different from everybody else. Why is it that Coors Field is the number one and number two subject for whenever the Rockies do something good? I'm sorry, when they do something bad. When they do something good, too. But when they do something unique that we haven't seen the result yet, suddenly Coors Field is nowhere to be found. Suddenly, the idea that, you know, they're not going to make as many trades as other teams. Why? Well, maybe because they play in the most chaotic environment in baseball, and adjusting to it is difficult. Why is that not at least a part of the conversation? Why does Coors Field have to be the beginning and the end of Larry Walker talk for crying out loud, one of the greatest players of all time? But meanwhile, when the Rockies go, you know, maybe there's a possibility that Kyle Freeland and John Gray and Harmen Marquez getting better and Peter Lambert, who's grown up in this environment and now going to be 23 years old, getting better is a decent route for us to take rather than spending money on a starting free agent pitcher, which has never worked to pay that guy five times as much as any of these young players to come in here and probably watch his arm fall literally off of his body. Again, you don't have to buy that that's what's going to happen. You don't have to agree with that logic, right? But to not even recognize that that's what Jeff Breidich and Dick Monfort are doing is disingenuous. It is bad analysis. You don't have to agree. I'm not sure I fully buy it. I don't know. We're going to find out. We're going to watch baseball games. Imagine that. They're going to play him out there on a field, and we're going to find out if David Dahl is a difference maker, if Ryan McMahon can be an all-star, if Peter Lambert's going to grow up, if Kyle Freeland's the kid who came in fourth in Cy Young voting or had to be sent back to AAA. These are not obvious questions to answer. And so the people that think they've got them all figured out, and Jeff Breidich is the idiot because he just won't do the exact thing that they think that he should do when they've spent maybe, maybe a week of their lives researching the Coors Field effect, and these guys have spent, oh, I don't know, 25 years on it. Are they pulling all the right levers and pushing all the right buttons? Of course they're not. Of course they're not. They've made a lot of mistakes. But what I don't understand is why when they try to do something differently, when they change tech, specifically because of their unique challenges. Suddenly, Coors Field is nowhere to be found in the conversation. Walker, Helton, Nolan, all of them, 
Screw them. We're, you got to lose your best players. They can't stick around in that place. They all have to go so that, that we can know that their numbers are real. We've seen it happen before. Matt Holliday did this. We don't need Nolan Arenado to prove it. Coors Field doesn't make you good. It does challenge how you have to win specifically as a team. You can't outspend the Dodgers in free agency. You're not going to outmaneuver and trade and bring in guys every year like the A's and the and the Rays into the most chaotic environment in baseball and hope you can put together a different team every single year and they'll just gel and figure out the, the home road effect and then go somewhere else the next year. <coughs> the Rockies have to figure out what's working, what works for them. And I don't think they have yet, but at least they're trying. At least they've stopped trying to win how everybody else tries to win because that ain't working. And there's one last thing I want to say on this before I have to, like, douse myself in cold water. The narrative, and I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. The narrative that Dick Monfort doesn't care about winning because he can just make money because Coors Field is great is absurd. And in fact, it occurred to me recently, it's actually proof of the opposite. People keep trying to explain to me that, well, but Coors Field is just this attraction, and so they're always going to make money, and people are going to turn out whether or not the team is good or bad, and so they don't care. They just let them be bad because they keep making money, and that way there's no incentive for them to make any te the, the team any better. Well, that's interesting to me, because if that was the case, the Rockies have the biggest incentive not to compete in all of professional sports, right? I mean... If, if that's true, and a lot of people seem to believe that this is the case, then the Rockies have the biggest incentive in professional sports to field the weakest team possible. Not to hand out $240 million contracts to guys. Not to be super loyal to their own guys and sign big record-setting deals. No, 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 no. And not to actually be right in the middle of the pack in terms of competitiveness, which is where they've been throughout their history, middle of the pack, not bottom of it, middle of it. And since Jeff Breidich took over, there are 13 teams in baseball that have worse records than the Colorado Rockies. And there are another five, including the Los Angeles Angels and New York Mets, with whom they are in a virtual tie. Teams with New York and LA money that supposedly don't have the situation where people will come out whether or not they're good or not. Right? So why aren't the Rockies just unabashedly the worst team in baseball? Why compete at all if that's true? The other thing is, it is the case for all teams in the four major professional sports that regardless of how good or bad they are, they will make money. That's just true across the board. If you want to take that argument that there are owners out there who are fine being mediocre or bad because they're going to make money anyway, 
may be pointing at the people who have poured the money into the facilities, who basically have revitalized an entire section of Denver, who have spent money on their team and who have been competitive for a mid-market team. They're not the Marlins or the Reds or the Orioles or the Pirates or the Padres. And, and it just occurred to me, like, the irony of, of the concept that, well, the Rockies specifically don't have to try to compete because they've just got this great attraction. No other team has that. Well, then the Rockies shouldn't ever try to compete, and they do anyway. That's what That's the funniest thing to me is, like, then they have the biggest incentive, but they're not the Golden State Warriors of that time when they were a joke for 20 years before Steph Curry. The like one of the very few major professional teams that's been sold during my lifetime because they were in such a, a poor position and they still made hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe billions of dollars. Every owner in pro sports makes money regardless of how competitive their team is. And if the Rockies really do have more of an incentive to be lackadaisical about their competitiveness than anybody else, it's actually pretty impressive that they haven't done that. You might think they have because they're not as competitive as you want them to be, but I'm sorry, the facts just don't match up with it. Oh, the Mets sold. Thank you, Wild the Innocent. That's right. But again, but again <laughs> that they sold because they had to. They literally were caught up in a Ponzi scheme. There was illegal criminal activity going on in the New York Mets, and they still sold, and the Royals just did. So thank you. You're 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 on your franchise's um, sold thing, and I'd have to go look. But again, the Royals. That's an organization that with twenty years between postseason appearances, almost. I think it was like 17. And yes, they appeared in the World Series twice and won one. And now they have almost no direction and no future. They basically had to sell out their next 10 years to do it. But they're still going to make money. 20 years is a long time. It's a long time to go. And Chase says small market syndrome. Same with the Nuggets. I understand the frustration of fans. And I walk a fine line here. Because in my anger over the way fans, in my view, are being manipulated, I could be seen here as saying that your frustrations are illegitimate or if you're mad at the Rockies for even entertaining the idea of, of trading Nolan Arenado, that I'm I'm telling you that you're, I will never, ever tell anybody that your emotions aren't real or don't count or aren't fair or aren't justified. That's not my job. All I can do is, is do my best to explain what's going on here and why I don't want you to fret and why... I want you, I want us all to represent the culture of baseball in Colorado. I think we can all 
do a little bit better here. Yeah, Jeff Breidich and Dick Bonfort could do better, and we need to hold them accountable. And even though I agree more with what they're saying and doing right now than the consensus, certainly in the media, it's hard to know amongst fans. People on Twitter aren't the only people with opinions. But it is difficult to at the exact same time lecture the rest of the nation on the legitimacy of Colorado Rockies baseball when it comes to Larry Walker in the Hall of Fame and then turn right around and say, my team is garbage despite the fact that they went to the postseason two years in a row and still have that same core together and had a really tough time with injuries and a bunch of other things that went wrong in 2019. But no, I choose to adopt the position that 2017 and 2018 were total flukes. Well, okay, if 2017 and 2018 were total flukes, and that can just happen out there for you guys, why should I put Larry Walker or Todd Helton in the Hall of Fame? Why should I pay any attention to your brand of baseball if the only time your team shows up in the postseason, it's a total fluke? You guys <laughs> like my intensity right now? My hand motions? I'm going very Hassan Minaj with the hand motions right now. I'm more animated today than, than I typically am. Uh, but I've had it. And it's, and it's not just the persistence of the rumor. Somebody said to me, John Morrissey's doing his job, dude. I mean, yeah, okay, sure, fine. And I'm doing mine as well, right? We're all entitled to our, our take on the situation. And mine is that it is an easy calculation to make to excite millions of baseball fans about the fact that the best third baseman ever might be coming to their team. And all it costs is your emotions, your stress, your anxiety. And to them, that means nothing. And to me, it means something. That's all. And when it's just one reporter, I'm just saying, that just that doesn't mean it won't happen. If I'm sitting a week from now, no one gets traded, I'm gonna be sitting here going, well. <laughs> but I don't think it's gonna happen. And I probably wouldn't be talking like this today if it was more than one reporter or if it was maybe even, well. Did you just ask me if the beard is real? Yes, this is my real beard. <laughs> This is definitely my real beard. Thank you. Oh, wow. Do you want me to talk about the cheating scandal before I sign off? I don't know if I've got the energy. <laughs> How long have I been going? Oh, I've still got some time. I'd like to hear something soon. Oh, I got to give a shout out. Yeah. Yeah, I know, Jameson, right? Let, let me. Since I'm mentioning this, you just reminded me I'm going to need a Breckenridge brew after this. I'm probably going to go with the Colorado core because... The, the beer can feel a little bit weird when you've been under the weather, but that cider, I don't care. Cider is basically medicine. So Breckenridge Brews, Colorado Core, I'm telling you right here and right now, as someone getting over a cold, it's medicine. 
There's definitely medicine in Colorado Core Breckenridge Brew, and we're going to be drinking a bunch of it down at uh, Sports Column, January 21. Be there. Larry Walker is just narrowly going to avoid getting into the Hall of Fame, and if you think you've seen me emotional today, you're not going to want to miss whatever it is. One way or another, I'm going to be, you're going to see a grown man cry. January 21st, Sports Column. We'll see if we can Skype in. We'll Maybe we'll do something. We'll definitely do a podcast. If he gets in, obviously, I'm just going to be elated. If it goes the other way, if you think you've heard me rant before, just let's hope my bosses are around so I don't get fired. Um, it's going to be a huge event, though. It sounds like a lot of people are planning on coming out January 24th, 1st, 1st, the 24th at Sports Column, you know, the day they're making the announcements. I think it's like 4 p.m. I'll plan on being there early. I'll be hanging around. I'm going to be super nervous, which is stupid. It's not like it's my kid or something. I just, anyway, we're going to be doing the thing. Come on down. Say hello. I hope we hear about the cheating thing soon. I hope we get some news from Major League Baseball uh, on the Astros and what punishments are coming. Like, everybody's in a really weird spot right now. I was just thinking about this today, um, about, and, and about the weird spot that the Rockies are in, right? Because they're the teams that have all the money and live in the big cities. We know them. We talk about them. They're always competitive. New York, Boston, L.A., Chicago. And then there are the teams that do the, you know, figuring it out, playing the game really well. And it seemed like the Astros were the team that figured out the money ball, saber metrics, young player, don't have the big money or the big market or the big built-in culture, but figured out how to turn themselves into a legitimate powerhouse. They were the exception to the rule. Or maybe they're just cheaters. We don't know. I honestly don't know. <coughs> but when you implement <coughs> a sign-stealing system that is this sophisticated and completely undermine the legitimacy of the game, I do think that... I think the punishment needs to be huge. Otherwise, people are going to keep doing it. They're going to continue to make us question, did that guy make a really good baseball play or did he know the pitch was coming? Those are different things. Very different things. Something has to be done about it. Something big. And it needs to be done soon enough so that, you know, can players sign with the Astros? Should they? I, it, it depends on the punishment. I'd go right back and play for them if all you're going to do is take away a couple of draft picks and some money. I'll go play for that team. Those guys are really good. You get rid of the GM. You get rid of all their draft picks, you maybe void a couple of contracts. 
I don't know what they do, but it, 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 the point needs to be made that this is completely unacceptable. Otherwise, baseball becomes a different game. Then we have three different levels. Who's got the most money? Who's got the most talent? Who can cheat the best? Who has the most effective system at figuring out what pitch is coming before it's thrown? Who wants to watch that crap? Bring the hammer down and do it now. It should have been done at the beginning of the offseason. Quite frankly, it's pretty unfair to all the other teams in baseball that they don't know what the punishment's going to be. Kind of a major impact on the next season. Right. Okay, I, I got to sign off now. <laughs> Seeing as nobody else has any further questions to get me all riled up, I think I need to go lay down. Uh, also because the periscope crashed. <laughs> I, I, think, I think my takes were getting too hot. The periscope crashed. All right, let me know if this was just really infuriating for you to listen to or maybe cathartic or maybe a little bit of both. Hit me up online at Drew Creaseman at DNVR underscore Rockies. You can always hit up our guy, Patrick Lyons, at Patrick D. Lyons. You can email me anytime, Drew at the DNVR.com. Hit us up on Facebook. Subscribe to DNVR. Get yourself a cool hat like this or a cool shirt like this at the DNVR, I think it's just DNVR Locker, not the DNVRLocker.com. I'm pretty sure of that, but we got a lot of cool stuff there. And you can also subscribe to the site, podcast, you know, all the stuff, as long as you continue to be absolutely awesome. I promise you I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark. Are you in search of natural relief from your daily stresses? Well, Strava Craft Coffee is a CBD-rich, hemp oil-infused coffee that is non-psychoactive, helps reduce pain naturally, keeps those coffee jitters away, and so much more. I started drinking it because I have degenerative arthritis, and I would prefer to drink coffee that has natural ingredients in it for healing, and this coffee treats the inflammatory process that happens from having degenerative arthritis. That was Robin. She's been drinking Strava Craft Coffee every day for months now, and she is so happy with the results. I would recommend it to America, to everyone, because it is a fantastic product. It delivers. It does what it says it's going to do, and it's amazing. Put your body back in balance with Strava Craft Coffee and see how good you feel. Order online today and use promo code BSN2018 for 20% off. That's BSN2018.